What's going on guys? It's Nick here, back with another video. Today we're gonna to touch on trade targets for a little bit. I know a lot of you trade deadline has actually already passed. And for many of you, it's then just this week. So we're not gonna do trade videos after this week. And we're basically just gonna to touch on the names I talked about last week, along with some new names this week. But it's gonna be very quick because last week we only looked at the fantasy playoffs and those matchups are still there, right? So we're still trying to target players who have a great schedule. So I'm just gonna reiterate who we're going after, who we're selling, that'll be quick. And then we're going to jump right into the breakdown of the Thanksgiving games and the Black Friday game as well. So players that we went over last week, but that I would still be trading for right now are Bijan Robinson. Uh, he saw his role expand for the buy. Now he's a rookie post buy, has the second easiest playoff schedule. DK Metcalf, he was underperforming before last week. Obviously, last week he had a good game. That's going to make it more difficult to trade for him. But he has by far the easiest playoff schedule for wide receivers. So definitely trade for him. And I would extend that to Tyler Lockett as well. I prefer Metcalf. I just want, you know, we're trying to build a championship team. And Metcalf has more value. So I want to trade for him. But if you can't get Metcalf, uh, Lockett also obviously has number one schedule for wide receivers. Austin Eckler. Hasn't really been hitting his ceiling this season. Also coming off a down game, so now a little bit easier to trade for him. He has the easiest playoff schedule for running backs. DeAndre Swift, like with Metcalf, he had a good game. Going to be a lot more difficult to trade for him now, but the role is elite, and he's got the fifth easiest playoff schedule for running backs. Chris Olave, he is a plus playoff schedule. It's not like amazing, but it's a good one. But there's that little lottery ticket that maybe Winston starts over Carr. Winston is a good game. He's a quarterback rest of season. Because if we had Winston starting, Chris Olave every week in any matchup would be an easy slam dunk wide receiver one. That upside, I think, is worth it if someone is shopping Olave because he's still someone that I like and has a good schedule. Um, I do think it's pretty unlikely that Winston has that role. But who knows? Miracles can happen. Uh, Devonta Adams. He's coming off, you know, that long touchdown, but I mean, that was kind of all he did in that game. So it's not like he went off, but coming off a good game, it'll be more difficult there. Uh, but he got that week winning ceiling. Like last week wasn't the week winning ceiling. The week winning ceiling is when he drops 12 for 150 and two. Like he has that in his range of outcomes, two good matchups in weeks 15 and 17. And then Derrick Henry, um, going to be pretty easy to trade for, honestly, with how he's been playing recently. Um, also a risky one, I would say, because the Titans are not good. Definitely a chance that they, you know, bench him, honestly. They rest him end of the season. And so not for the faint of heart, probably for someone who, you know, talks with that person is like they don't want him at all. And you can buy very, very low. Um, also, the matchups aren't good in the fantasy playoffs from like an efficiency standpoint. It's the touchdowns, right? The Texans let everyone score. And so we've got a spot where if the Titans can stay competitive and if Henry's still being used that late in the season, that he could have four or five combined touchdowns in those two games, and you could get him very, very cheap right now. Only name we're really adding to the buy list is Ramondre Stevenson, uh, and it's only as like a low-end running back too, but he's not going to be very difficult to trade for at all. And not only does he have the fourth easiest playoff schedule for running backs, but he has the second easiest remaining schedule overall. So, you know, if you're really trying to make a push, but you can't afford, you know, a running back one, you just, you have no pieces that can do that. Um, if you're looking for someone to upgrade at running back two, because uh, you really just don't have an option right now, he's definitely someone that maybe you could piece together like 
two bench wide receivers. Maybe you're like flex wide receiver because maybe you're a little bit deeper wide receiver and need that running back. Um, that's the trade I would probably make for Stevenson. Not a, like a high confidence bet here, but he's a very talented player. Um, they're going to have to be passing, which is good for him over Zeke. And again, the playoff schedule and the rest of the schedule is easy for him. Uh, cells are the exact same as last week, but I'm going to add on both commanders wide receivers. Um, obviously, Dotson doesn't have a ton of value, so you're probably really just looking at Terry McLaurin here, but they have the hardest remaining schedule. And as much as we want it to happen, as much as we see like all these past attempts with the commanders and we're like, it's got to hit soon, right? It's We've got to have a week where these two wide receivers, who are so clearly their best targets, actually get targeted. It hasn't really happened thus far. It's probably not going to happen at any point. So trade those two away, McLaurin and Dotson, and add on, again, Saquon, Evan Ingram, Dalton Schultz, Amari Cooper, Gus Edwards, and Tua. All of them have very, very bad playoff schedules, and all besides now Amari Cooper have pretty decent trade value, so I'd rather flip them for someone who does have a decent schedule. Uh, and again, you can see all that data too on my website, thefencefootballadvice.com. It's got the remaining schedule for all position and then includes also another tab for playoff schedule in particular. So that's an update for who I'd trade away, who I'd trade for. Um, now let's talk about the game. So Thanksgiving games, we're gonna have three games. It's gonna be what, like 12.30, 4.30 and eight, something like that. Um, I don't remember exactly when the last game goes off, but the first game is definitely at 12.30 Eastern. So make sure you're setting your lineups. Those of you on the West Coast, that's going to be 9.30 a.m. Eastern. Make sure you set your lineups for that game. Packers at Lions, relatively high, 47.5 point total Lions, 7.5 point home favorites. For the Packers, seems like Aaron Jones avoided a major injury. That's great. Also seems like he's probably not going to play this week, which when you saw him got car get carted off last week, like that was the ideal outcome, right? You were like, okay, there's no way he plays this week. Hopefully he plays at some point rest of season, uh, looking like the injury wasn't as bad as they thought. Uh, but again, I don't think he's going to play this week. Uh, Emmanuel Wilson probably also not going to play. So we should see A.J. Dillon operate as pretty much a featured running back with Patrick Taylor kind of mixing in maybe a little bit more in the receiving game. Unfortunately, the matchup is awful. Detroit's allowing the fifth fewest yards per carry over expected, third fewest rushing yards over expected, and third fewest fantasy points over expected for running backs. So a very, very, very difficult matchup for running backs. Dylan is also not someone that's been very good this season. And so I would have been really excited if they were playing like a really easy matchup and he was going to get, you know, 17 touches and like a positive game script. And we we're like, okay, he could rack up 102 touchdowns. In this spot, they're probably not going to win. He's probably not going to be efficient. And so he still is someone who needs a touchdown to pay off. And I don't really think the Packers are going to score that many touchdowns. So he's going to be a low end running back too, uh, but definitely not someone you have to play, even though it's going to seem like you have to play him. Uh, at wide receiver, matchup is definitely better, but it's not great. I mean, Detroit still has a good defense and they're playing at home. Um, passing attack got going last week, but that was against a much, much worse Chargers defense on a full 16 game slate you have all of your players available not on by this week none of the Packers wide receivers are overly intriguing Dobbs Reed they grade out the best as a wide receivers 42 and 43 uh, but I mean that means I'd really only play them as low-end wide receiver threes I'd also bench Musgrave I'd bench Jordan Love uh, my guess is the Lions get up uh, the Packers struggle a little bit uh, the Lions look at this and they're like all right well we've 
our best two players, or I guess St. Brown's our best player, but you know, the two players we want to feature right now on this offense when we're winning are running backs, Gibbs and Montgomery, and they run it a ton in the second half. We see very reduced volume, and that could really hurt, again, for a Packers team that also kind of limits plays because they don't play super fast. And so I would probably just stick to Dylan only on the Packers side, and even then he's not going to be as good as a, of a play as people think. Then for the Lions, uh, Packers don't have a bad defense, but they're not like amazing at stopping anything. And so the Lions can really just attack however they want. They are seven and a half point home favorites. I've been projected for 3.22 offensive touchdowns. And so all of their starters are going to be very interesting. Gibbs, Montgomery, St. Brown, Laporta, I would say are all must starts. Goff is fine to stream. I just hesitate in kind of what I said before. And then I think they get up. And if they get up with the running backs, like let's just say they get up 21 to 10 and they're running along the second half, you're like, okay, they already scored three touchdowns. What if those are rushing? Or what if two of them are rushing? And now we've got, you know, a ton of touchdowns on the Lions side, a ton of yards. But if all the yards and touchdowns in the second half are running and in the first half, they happen to be rushing as well, we could get a spot where they score 30, but Goff only has 200 yards and one touchdown with like no rushing yards. And so it's still a risky spot for him, but one with upside because they could score 30 and four of them could also come through the air. So boom bust option, Goff, uh, but quarterback 15, I think you'll probably have a better option, but if you don't, it's not bad. You just got to get lucky with touchdowns. Next up, we've got the 430 game, Commanders at Cowboys, another high 48 and a half point total. Actually, a decent amount of high totals this week. Uh, Cowboys are 11 point home favorites. For the Commanders, Dallas is a very bad matchup overall. Um, only the Browns limit wide receiver catch rate more, and then only the Browns have a higher sack rate as well. That's a pretty lethal combo. Like when you drop back and you throw it to wide receivers, it's difficult to complete those passes, which also means you might have to hold on to the ball a little bit more. But they're also great at sacking you, and so it's a very dangerous spot for the Commanders here also because they're massive underdogs. And so there might be a lot of times in the second half where it's very obvious that they're throwing it. That makes it even more difficult because if they know you're throwing it, they can pass rush much easier. So it's a very risky spot for Commanders players. Definitely does not set up like a Brian Robinson game. Uh, no Commanders player is a must-start, but... Their top projected players are Sam Howell, my quarterback 20. You're probably streaming someone else. Brian Robinson, my running back 23. Fine if you need him as a low end running back too. Definitely needs Gibson to be out though. If Gibson plays this week, like I'm dropping Robinson even more in the rankings, could approach the running back 30. Terry McLaurin, wide receiver 45. Uh, Logan Thomas, tight end 16. Dotson Samuel, outside my top 60 wide receivers. And so the odds are you're either playing Brian Robinson or playing no one for the commander's side. Then for Dallas, uh, dream matchup for C.D. Lamb. Only the Bengals allow a higher yards per reception over expected to wide receivers than the Commanders. And they do that while also boosting catch rate. So when we talk about a lot is a lot of teams will force a deeper yards per reception, but the catch rate is much lower. Or they could do the opposite. They could force you really shallow, but the yards per reception is much lower, but the catch rate's higher. And so there's like a trade-off there. No trade-off for the Commanders. You're getting the ball deep downfield and you're completing it at a higher rate than average. And so um, list of wide receivers against commanders is like never ending that have just gone off. Uh, they grade out as a number one matchup for wide receivers by considerable margin. Honestly, um, 
Check his injury status. I think he was like questionable with an ankle injury, but he should be good to go to play this week. He is the number one wide receiver play this week. Behind him, um, Pollard, Dak, and Ferguson, I would say are must starts, although Ferguson, it depends. Like, do you have Kelsey? Do you have Hawkinson? Like, do you have those players where it's like, okay, like they're obviously the must start among the must starts, but Ferguson's still a really good play because of that touch and upside. I mean, they're projected for 3.35 offensive touchdowns this week. That's a really high total. Ferguson is like their featured weapon in the red zone. Pollard definitely still has plenty of upside. Um, like again, play Pollard, Dak Ferguson. Um, the real question here and probably the only decisions that you do have is with those secondary wide receivers. So Brandon Cooks, um, Gallup, you're probably not playing. Um, Tolbert, you're probably not playing. So it really probably just comes down to Brandon Cooks. He's actually my wide receiver 38 this week. Um, he is definitely flex viable if you're looking at that range. And like he came down to earth last week, but like that was a blowout. Every game that was a blowout, but that was a blowout. They didn't really need him as much. Um, and they could. It was a running matchup. This is a passing matchup. Uh, he could definitely get loose deep. It really sets up well for him. And so you've got two players. They're very similar. One is Brandon Cooks. One projects similarly. I would start Brandon Cooks if it is close between them. That doesn't mean if you have like the wide receiver 20 and Brandon Cooks, my wide receiver 38, then now you're starting Cooks. I'm saying if there's someone in that general range as Brandon Cooks and it's close, I lean Cooks. Final Thanksgiving game is going to be 49ers at Seahawks, 43 point total, 49ers, six and a half point road favorites. For the 49ers, uh, Seattle is a fairly neutral matchup across the board, but they're better at stopping the ground game than they are the passing attack. Um, I mean, it doesn't really matter that much, though. I mean, San Fran, it, it doesn't matter. Like, it doesn't matter if they're facing a pass funnel. It doesn't matter if they're facing great defense. They're going to attack you how they want to, and they're going to be successful. Um they are good enough to beat any, any defense, and if like their starters are healthy, you play them. It's the same thing I talk about every week, though. It's like not all of them are going to go off. McCaffrey had a good game last week. Ayuk, Kittle, all good games, but Debo didn't, and Debo is probably the most likely to have a bad game, but you're starting McCaffrey, Kittle, Ayuk, I think Purdy as well. Debo, wide receiver 23. Again, he's the most likely to have a bad game, but... Any one of these players could go off, and the likelihood is you're just going to get one every week that doesn't, and it's probably not McCaffrey. So one of Kittle, Ayuka Debo is probably not going to have a good game, but I'd start all of them. Um, Debo was back up to an 85% snap share last week. Uh, he had, has still an 18.5% target share on the season. Um, it's been Ayuk and Kittle more recently, but Debo always has nuke potential. And if, it's the same thing with like Brandon Cooks. If it's close between someone and Brandon Cooks, play Cooks. If it's close between someone and Debo, I would play Debo because he has that weak winning ceiling. Uh, also, he has faced Seattle five times in his career. He has more than 100 receiving yards in four of those five, and he has at least 97 total yards, so combining rushing plus receiving, in all five. So it's a good matchup for Debo Samuel. Doesn't mean he's going off, but I'd play him. Then for the Seahawks, um, a lot depends on health here with Geno and Ken Walker. You're obviously not starting Drew Locke if he plays, but if you've got Drew Locke starting, that's a big downgrade to everyone, not even the pass catchers, the running backs as well. Uh, and if Ken Walker misses, it opens up a lot of opportunities for Zach Charbonnet. My guess right now is that Geno's going to play, but that Walker is going to be out for a week. So I'm going to do the breakdown assuming that, but if things change, it's differently. I'll adjust the rankings accordingly. You can look at that. So given that as an expectation, um, San Fran is a really tough matchup, but it's toughest for quarterbacks, running backs, and tight ends, less so for wide receivers. I would bench Geno, and I'd bench the tight ends. Uh, even if Geno plays, I don't think I'd play him. Um, 
And I'd only really consider the starting running back. If Ken Walker is out there and playing, play him. If Ken Walker is out, I would probably play Charbonnet. He's been running back 19 right now. So it is still possible you had better options, but running back 19 is still a pretty quality play. Um, and then I'd probably play Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. Metcalf, wide receiver 18 for me right now. Lockett is my wide receiver 28. So again, going to come down to what you have with Metcalf, Lockett, and Charbonnet. But my guess is you're probably playing all three. It's also probably going to be a trailing script for them. And all three do have receiving upside. Obviously, the receivers and then Charbonnet is receiving upside because he's good in the receiving game. And so they can still succeed in a trailing game script. But again, if Drew Locke's the quarterback, I'd probably just bench everyone. Final game we'll go over today is the Black Friday game. It's going to be a 3 p.m. Eastern kickoff. Dolphins at Jets. 41-point total. Dolphins 10-point road favorites. For the Dolphins, the Jets are a really bad matchup for quarterbacks and wide receivers, closer to a neutral matchup for tight ends, uh, actually a positive one for running backs, mostly because teams beat them a lot and they can have elevated plays for running backs, elevated rushing attempts when they're winning. Miami doesn't really have any tight ends that are going to take advantage of a neutral matchup, and so you can't really attack that spot there. Um, but then with you know A-Chain likely out this week, that'd be my guess is that he doesn't play this week. Um, Mostert's going to set up really well, and I would definitely play him. My guess is if A-Chain is out, that they activate Jeff Wilson, they still play Salman Ahmed, and that they use kind of like a three-running back committee there, but with Mostert as the clear lead running back and the one that you would play, and you wouldn't play either two. Um, so I'd play him. You're always playing Terry Kill. Obviously, it's the worst matchup you can be in, but you're always playing Terry Kill. Um, so I'd say the two decision points on this team are Tua and Waddle. Again, trash matchup. Uh, so my lean is probably towards benching Waddle and then streaming someone else if you have Tua. It's just really difficult to earn targets. Like the actual efficiency on a per play basis isn't necessarily significantly different, but it's difficult to earn targets as a wide receiver against the Jets because you're always covered. And so the outlook for Waddle isn't amazing. And unless Tyreek Hill goes for over 150 in like multiple scores, Tua is going to have a difficult time trying to hit like running backs out of the backfield and their scrub tight ends. So again, play Mostert, play Tyreek Hill, probably benching Tua and Waddle this week. Then for the Jets, uh, Zach Wilson has been benched for Tim Boyle. That is probably an upgrade for the skill players. We can't really know, but it probably is, but also probably not by that much. Um, we are still projecting this offense for only 1.21 total offensive touchdowns. And so there's definitely a risk that they run into low play volume, that they only score one touchdown. It's not your player that Miami gets up. Miami runs it a bunch and just it's just not a good game environment overall. I mean, we know it's not being a good game environment, but just like you know, environment on their side that just doesn't produce many yards, touchdowns, plays, receptions, things like that. And so I think you're playing Brees Hall and Garrett Wilson. Um, you just got to kind of temper expectations maybe in this spot, especially since we just simply don't know. Is Tim Boyle going to go out there and be atrocious or is he going to be like okay and these two can do something uh right now i have Brees halls and running back 18 garrett wilson wide receiver 21 again that probably means you're playing both of them garrett wilson in particular he continues to be the single most featured wide receiver in the nfl so if you look at um featured would just mean percent of teams expected fantasy points so like he has a larger role on his team than any other wide receiver in the NFL. He has, I think it's like 63 or 65% of the total expected fantasy points for wide receiver on this team. So if they can run into any play volume, 
if the quality of their targets can increase at all, he's going to have a huge day. It's just that I don't think Tim Boyle is our savior there. And so we'll cross our fingers, hope that uh, he is good. But the odds are, you know, we're going to have to wait for hopefully Aaron Rodgers may come back at some point. So that is an update on the people we're trading for if your deadline has not passed, but also a breakdown of the first four games this week. I'll post a breakdown of the other 12 non-Thanksgiving and Black Friday games on Thanksgiving, so on Thursday. Uh, so make sure you're subscribed so you don't miss out on that one. That, my friends, is in this one. Hope you all did enjoy. If you did, hop behind the like button, hop subscribe to the channel if you're new here. Thanks for watching.